Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Existential. Today we talk about reality working for technology. But before we dive in, I do want to thank you so, so, so much for joining us and please enjoy the episode. All right, so today we talk about a an interesting idea of simply how technology has has uh, has found its way into the way we deal with the fabric of our reality. So we understand that technology is meant to help us, right? That's kind of the fundamental understanding of, of the goal of technology, of the primary uh, focus of technology is to help us, right? If you look at the way people talk about technology aside from electronics, it's meant to help us. It's a development in I guess, I mean, I don't know how to describe it, uh, technology in order to help us, right? So you'll hear people refer to the development of the shovel as new technology or development. And what is that, right? Technology is meant to help us, right? If we can pull up the the simple definition here, we can um, just double confirm here, right, the association, technologies, association of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. Next definition, uh, machinery and equipment developed from the application of scientific knowledge and the branch of knowledge dealing with engineering or applied sciences. Uh, another definition is technology is the sum of techniques, skills, methods, and processes in, uh, used in the production of goods or services and the accomplishment of objectives such as scientific investigation. So, um, not exact, not precisely the, the understanding that we're we're looking for, but this is the textbook definition uh, in lingual practice. People understand technology to be the shovel, or again, any sort of big development. And technology is supposed to help us. This is quite an out there idea, so so bear with me here. But technology is supposed to help us in any capacity, be it an iPhone, a computer, or a shovel. They're all meant to create one single objective to help us achieve our certain goals, right? And I can't almost shake the feeling that uh, that's been taken away from us in many ways. Uh, that this this freedom to be able to experience reality is has, has been almost robbed from us. And uh, that, that's kind of the direction I want to go down today. So have you ever had one of those, we'll just preface with a question. If you've ever had one of those moments in in life where you kind of just walk outside and you put your phone away right you put your phone away and you're not even exposed to electronics but you walk outside or you have this weird like five second um little episode where you're like whoa like i can touch and feel and like whoa like you have a really weird like almost uh toddler like understanding of your reality whoa, I can touch, I can feel, I can see, oh, it's so bright, it's so many dimensions, right? It's almost a, just everything is like popping out, you're like, wow, this is our reality. Like dimension, time, right? And this is very, very common. A lot of people have this. And like, there, it's a lot, it's very, very often on, um, like online chats, people chat about it, uh, you know, in, in under the right, under the right places. And it's a really interesting thing. It happens to me quite often. Uh, where I'll be on my phone for an extended period of time, then I'll turn my phone off, and then I'll just look around in our reality, my reality. I'm like, whoa. You know, kind of got that that whoa feeling, that whoa sensation. It's really a sensation. So the reason I bring I, I bring the 
the idea of how technology helps us is as follows, right? Technology is supposed to help us clarify and ease the problems of our modern day reality, right? It's, you know, I could not dig a hole, so now I have a shovel. Technology is a subsector of development in order to help, in order to ease the the struggles of day-to-day life, right? So now let's look back. I say my claim today is that the roles have been flipped. We no longer use technology to help us enhance our reality. We We tune out of reality and uh, spend a lot, most of our time on technology, right? So it's really, really interesting to look at how, how it's not even an addiction to, to you know, I don't want to go down that, down that route. What I'd, what I'd rather talk about is how, like, it used to be as though we have our, we have our devices and then, um, and then, you know, there's reality, of course, like we're in reality and, our phones were our phones were in place, but there were there was some you know there was a check like we had a check on there. Now it's completely gone out of control. Technology is now it used to be a subsector to the big uh, role of life, right? Always think of a think of a, like a bubble map. Um, you have one big bubble, and then you have a small kind of little bubble extending out from it. That small little bubble's technology. That's a part of the bigger picture. It, it helps the bigger picture. Now. You look at now. You look at uh, modern day age. You look at uh, today. The big bubble is technology. The big bubble is our iPhones. The big bubble is our technology. The big bubble is YouTube. It's Instagram. It's social media, right? And that's it's. I mean, it's it is simple as that, right? I mean, it's simple as that. There is there is really honestly nothing to say about that, except for the fact that it's it's quite sad. You know, it's it's so interesting to think about how, as a species, we've reached a point where we're tuned out of the universe. Like, we're tuned out of Earth. Like, we're in our own world, almost, you know. It, and it brings a disconnect from nature. And we're going to elaborate a little bit about the actual practical understanding of how, uh, of how technology ruins, you know, just human technique and movement. But... No other point in time has just like if you look at us as a species, not us as uh, generational, uh, not us generationally, not us even the last two hundred years, us as a species, like in all of human history, we as a species have reached the point where we're tuned out of reality. Take a second to think about that. We're tuned out of our reality. We look at trees and we're like. What? Whoa! Like, or we look at something so massive and so colossal, we get surprised because we're not used to seeing things that big, right? It's so weird and and almost odd to think about, but that's where that's where a lot of us stand, right? That's where a lot of us are. You know, a lot of us are at the point where reality around us is we we construct the reality around us to help us. Employ, use our technology better, right? So it's it, this is weird, right? It's almost as though uh, it, the way it used to be. Let's just uh, you know start from point from point A. 
It used to be as though technology helped reality flow. It made reality easier. Now technology is the main flow and reality is now helping technology. So by our previous definition, doesn't it doesn't if we're using reality as an instrument to help us use our technology more and more, doesn't that make reality somewhat of a technology? Right? <laughs> it's 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 kind of an odd one to think about, but like, you know, if technology is is a development in order to help somebody achieve a goal, as we mentioned earlier, then quite simply, if the goal is for us to be, if if reality is now built in a way where we're most we spend most of our week, a lot of our waking hours uh, with associated with technology, and we build our reality around us, that means as human civilization, we're building uh, cars, we're building we're building our realities around us, we're building lights and music and whatever it is, we're building. A re, uh, our realities around us in order with technology in order to serve us right but in turn we're kind of uh, technology is now the main flow right technology is now the is now the predominant way of life right and reality is being altered in a way where technology is becoming a more omnipresent force so again by our definition of if of technology being a anything that brings about an ease of change, an ease in completing a task, then reality is to some degree a, a sort of technology, right? Quite a, quite an interesting idea to think about. Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna pause there for for that idea. Now we're gonna introduce a new idea, which we're gonna elaborate a little bit about uh, on the next on the coming episodes. So human technique and human movement. I like cooking. I love cooking. It's a hobby of mine for, for several years. And uh, in cooking, there is, I find there to be a line. There's a line, there's a balance um, in, in how much technology can help us in the kitchen. So you have a knife, completely safe. Then you have a Hamilton Beach, I'm sorry, then you have a, uh, a mandolin. That's a little bit riskier. Then you have, on the all the way to the end of the spectrum, you have a Hamilton Beach bread maker, where, it, where uh, in case you don't know, you just stick the ingredients, you know, your, your main bread ingredients. It finishes it, it makes the dough, and it's just, you're left with, excuse me, you're left with a piece of bread. Or we're left with a loaf of bread, I'm sorry. So, why do I mention this? This is what tech, the, this is the effect technology has had on us, except in the kitchen it's much more elapsed. So right now, we, you know, in 2010, let's say, or 2009, 2008, when phones weren't, where phones were just beginning to become a big thing, we we're moving from the knife as a kitchen gadget to the mandolin. And what happens when you move from the knife to the mandolin? You don't have to know how to chop anymore you don't need to know how to cook anymore cooking becomes a an obsolete need right the the the, the need to cook or the, i'm sorry the need to, uh, to chop the, the need to understand technique and practice is a lost art and because people are so addicted to having everything is an easier way even at the cost of technique right there's a certain way to cut but no, we found a way. Yes, it's easier, but we found a way. And what does that come at the cost of? It comes at the cost of uh, our ability to, to practice cooking, right? Now, we're at the point where 
we're not even using the mandolin, right? The mandolin is kind of cheating. Now we're going to introduce a bread maker, right? And like this has literal applications and just like ideologically, like thinking about a bread maker, we're, we're at the, we're at the bread maker stage in that there are so many techniques in our reality that we need that'll keep our minds sharp that are just lost, right? The, the, for example, again, the dough, right? There is a certain, it builds your mannerisms. You know, you take dough, yeast and sugar and water and, and you name it, right? All of the, and, and everything, all the ingredients and, and the, the process and the technique you need in order to make dough is lost in the process of just tossing the ingredients inside a bread maker and, you know, you go to town, right? All that is lost. It, it is all lost, right? So every step toward technology, every, every advancement in technology comes at the cost of a technique, right? In, you know, relatively speaking. So that's, that's legitimately the problem I have. You know, I, I'm also, I, I love uh, gardening, but obviously this is an old, old, old one, but people don't have to garden anymore. People don't have, don't have to know how to, you know, cut crops and deal with crops. And when people don't, I mean, the reason I believe that reason, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm religious. So I, I do believe, I believe in, in, in God, of course. And it's interesting to see that why did God create plants in such a way where you have to work hard, so hard for them and it takes so long to process is to understand the value of crops, right? So it is built in in the creation of the crop that there is inherent value in the crop. End of story, right? So, you know, if you go if you go to the market, I, like I've seen online, like chefs who are uh, practicing or showing off knife skills, etc. And they'll take they'll take a tomato and they'll cut around the edges. They'll cut uh, one wedge, two wedge, three. They'll cut four wedges around and take literally the entire uh, meat of the tomato and just discard it completely, right? So that's an example of the fact that uh, that's an example of the fact that people lose technique, right? Or I'm sorry, they, they lose they lose value for actual tomatoes, right? They lose value for the crop because it's in abundance, right? So, and plus, when you have a, a, a ration amount of uh, of something, you you begin to develop your mind begins to develop scarcity. But when you can walk into the market and always have it, it's always a plethora. Then there's no need for your mind to develop a sense of scarcity and in turn uh, a sense of appreciation uh, for the crop. So in a way, it's it's almost God's by God's gift and grace that crops are so hard to to plant because it's kind of a built-in feature that you use them sparingly, right? And I mean that goes for everything. Like people, I, I see ads on Instagram all the time of uh, people trying to uh, people trying to sell you these different programs or to get this app or this and all these different uh, programs that are supposed to make your mind sharper. They're supposed to make your mind um, uh, uh, more, more adept, more, uh, more efficient, quicker, faster, sharper, all these different, all, all these different catchphrases that attract people into thinking that, you know, this could, this could help them. Truth be told, like, it's not the, it's not these apps that, I mean, in theory they could, but like, it's not these apps that are going to make you stronger, Right, stronger mentally, or keep you till a long to 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 a ripe old age. I keep your mind sharp till an old age. 
it's taking up like one it's taking up one hobby it's taking up oh okay i'm a uh, that's why like in the old times there was one family or one person he was the shoemaker he was the cook or he was a tent maker he was a woodsmith he was a you know and and they're all all these different positions but there was one person there is one person who did it that was his craft right you have one shoemaker and how do you stay how do you stay how do you keep your mind sharp is by practicing techniques is dealing with reality right when you're uh, when you train your senses to deal so well with reality when you when you you i mean when we interact with reality we develop a relationship with reality so even though i'm not even though um i'm not a, i'm not a a shoe worker i'm not a shoesmith even though i cook very I, I, i'm you know i cook for a long long time and not a long long time but i'm okay enough of a cook in order to establish myself as someone who can cook in the kitchen and by the time I am of the age where my mental health could potentially um, could potentially go off on me, like you think you have to think about it. Like even though if I'm even if I'm not a shoesmith, I would be able to pick up a shoe and deal with and and uh, probably fix it for you. Not obviously not like an actual shoesmith, but very very in a very experienced way. Even if I've never dealt with a shoe, why is that? Is because. Yes, you're cooking. Yes, you're dealing with ingredients and and vegetables and crops, etc. But you're training your senses to interact and deal with reality. Even if I'm, you know, uh, if I cut wood for a living, right? It's it's me. It's me developing a relationship. It's my senses developing developing a relationship with the with the universe, with the earth around me, right? Because once you understand it, like. Even though, even if you're a shoesmith, if you're a, a chef, if you're you know someone who cuts wood, at the end of the day, you know you're you're training your senses in different ways, in different ways. They're all, but they're all uh, they're all in one family, right? They're all have one object, not even one objective. They all have one effect, which is training your reality, training your senses to reality. You're developing a strong relationship with the reality around you. You're developing a very powerful and and smart relationship with 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 a distance and touch and feel and and all your five senses. You know that I mean that's how you keep your mind sharp. Is not I mean yeah you can play Sudoku and mind games and all that, but like it's keeping that one activity, it's keeping that one craft. Because if you don't have the one craft, what does your mind have to hold on to? You know, I, I of course I haven't done. Uh, I'm not, you know, in, in this field. I don't even know what kind of field this would be in, but perhaps psychology. But that said, like, what is the one way that? I mean, this is just pretty much guesswork, but it's it's educated guesswork. Think of it, how, like, how do you keep your reality? How do you keep your your senses in touch with reality? Is you develop a way to you develop a bridge between. You develop an impenetrable bridge between your senses and the reality around you, right? So by the time you're 80, that bridge is impenetrable, right? So even if your mind begins to degrade, your senses are still in tune with reality. You know, you've done, you've cooked so much or you've dealt with the reality of so much. You've you've interacted with the earth so much and so well that you've developed a, a relationship, such a strong and powerful relationship with the world around you and with your senses uh, back and forth that 
you're able to you're you're able to hold on to to the right age. You're able to hold on to uh, to, to a young mental age. You're able to stay sharp and mentally efficient and all that. And that's highly lost with with technology. Again, just bringing it back to the main point here of how technology is is the primary culprit here because it it, it makes you the IQ. Like they're, they're the the average IQ, for instance, right? The average IQ has gone uh, as dramatically soared uh, because of because of technology, right? The, there's a clear relationship between the, the rise in IQ and the rise in technology. But you know that said, the human heartbeat is ten beats faster. You know, BPM, it's ten beats per minute faster, right? That's also a scary point, right? So even though your IQ is stronger right life and what is that right what does that even matter your iq is your intelligence quotient but like technique and the way you develop your understanding of your reality around you is legitimately how is, is legitimately how, how one can stay sharp and and mentally afloat right so refraining from over excessive use in in technology would not only stop or or dramatically halt the the amount of uh whoa moments or that whoa sensation you get after putting after going on your phone for a long time like you look at you look at light or you look at some other element of like reality like whoa you know it's just two separate worlds and um it just develops overall it it just develops your mind overall in ways that you wouldn't even understand right ways that i can understand ways that all of us can't really comprehend uh and and with that we are going to close um i do want to do another episode uh, soon. Uh, if you had noticed, I am uh, not doing them every every single day. I noticed that it doesn't have that much of an effect uh, on on viewership, etc. So I'm going to do them every couple days, every three days. But be sure to check, be sure to check back and listen to the ones that 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 we do publish here. And uh, hopefully, the the episodes will be much more interesting because. I will have much more time to think about them. They'll be uh, significantly more uh, thought out than they already are. Uh, so with that, we are going to close. So thank you so, so, so much for listening. All your support helps. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends and family, and be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.